Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. Um, for today's podcast, we're going to be discussing UK markets and we're going to be touching on in some detail three equities as we usually do. And to do that, we're kindly joined once more by Alan Green. Alan, thank you very much for being with us this morning. Good morning, John. Good to be back. So, Alan, we're, we're in the midst of, of earnings season, both in the, the US and the UK. Um, so let's touch on that before we start looking at our three equities in detail. So, Alan, I've, ju- I've just put down um, here in, in front of me a, a number of uh, UK-listed shares listed in the FTSE 100 that have reported so far this week. Uh, most of those have actually reported th- this morning, but I've got four here uh, that I've picked out, mainly because they would fall into the category of being highly cyclical shares. Uh, the, the four shares are BP, WPP, Lloyds and Persimmon. Uh, now, in, in my view, these companies are, are bellwethers for um, the underlying sectors and also the underlying economy. Now, arguably, looking at the headline figures from these four companies, very positive results. Uh, BP yesterday ahead of schedule in terms of restarting buybacks. And that's obviously a positive for a company uh, that had the holy grail of, of their dividend being changed last year. Um, we're now looking at a situation now where they're in a comfortable position to actually start returning uh, capital to shareholders at a higher rate than they were previously. So that does show some confidence in the underlying business model. And of course, the, the oil market, WPP uh, revenue up, uh, beat expectations. Being the largest marketing company in the world, it does show uh, that companies have the confidence and are in a position to start spending on marketing having heavily drawn back their spend on advertising during the the pandemic. Lloyd's this morning, this is particularly important for the UK economy, beating estimates, and that's down to the reversal of provisions for bad loans that could have arisen due to COVID-19. So that's obviously a sign that Lloyd's are more confident on the UK economy than they were previously. And Persimmon, this is actually a very interesting um, update from them. Um, they're actually saying that they're starting to see housing sales um, about 11% above pre-pandemic levels. So that's obviously a huge increase in activity from the lows of the, the pandemic and, and you know with activity actually now being higher than previously to the, the pandemic starting. It does show there's some confidence there in the UK housing market, which is one of the biggest indicators of the overall health of of the UK economy. But Alan, I'm looking at the FTSE 100. We're not yet above 7,000. In my view, I feel that a lot of this news is priced in in the rally that we saw uh, that started at the end of last year when when vaccines were were announced. Um, We've been trading in a very tight range. That could cause some concern for for investors that were looking for an ongoing recovery trade in the largest equities 
based here in, in, in the UK, if we're, we're taking the broad index of the FTSE 100. I mean, Alan, what, what would your view be on the recovery of the pandemic and economic recovery being already priced in to equity markets? And is there now a concern that markets start to look forward towards the next chapter inequities and that being a return to normalization uh, and a normalization in monetary policy and and you know reduction of, of the easy policy that we've seen that has uh, lifted markets and and could that cause you know some volatility as we as we see a reset back to normalization that's a very good question i, th- I think in this regard we are going to be very much led um even though of course uh, you know we've uh, we are seeing we've seen a strong set of numbers from Lloyd's and Simmons this morning. Of course, uh, Lloyd's Antonio Hazario is is um, due to step down. I think he's moving on to uh, Credit Suisse or, or one of the big banks over there. But he's um, spent a decade in charge and he's moving on. Um, but um, I think one of the key focuses now, of course, is the is uh, what the US are going to do and what the Biden administration are going to do. And of course, the US Central Bank is um, in its in a two-day meeting currently, and um, we're, we're, the markets are very much awaiting the outcome of that meeting to um, to to uh, determine or take a view on where markets are going to go from there. But um, uh, Joe Biden, of course, is making a speech to Congress uh, later today, um, and um, he's expected to unveil a, a 1.8 trillion package for families, education, and to boost the economy. So um, I, I don't think there is any sign of, of the monetary easing, the, 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 um, the, the asset purchases, and the market stimulation ending anytime soon. I think this is here to stay for the foreseeable future. So you could say, in a sense, the market is on steroids, but um, this is a long-term prescription, and it's not something that's going to be taken away anytime soon. And I think uh, I think a lot of trades in the market are trading with that view. And um, uh, Boris has already said as well, of course, that his government are you know once we emerge from lockdown, um, and you know I think he, despite all of the furore about what he might or might not say at the moment, I think the governments deserve. Uh, you know, to, to be commended for the way they've handled the the vaccine, um, the, the administering of the vaccine, and the fact that uh, you know the the rates are now falling. And of course, we're going to keep a close eye on it over the coming months. Um, but in a sense, um, this summer is going to be something of a phony war too, because I think there are concerns that the vaccine could emerge uh, in a mutated form again later in the year, and whether, of course, that will lead to a further lockdown. That of course is going to be a limiting factor on market progress, and of course the the uh, potential ramifications for the leisure industry, the travel industry, if that lockdown does occur again. So I think there are a lot of factors in play, but overall um, um, the the stimulation is the, 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 the stimulus measures are here to here to stay. There's no doubt about it. If they withdrew them now, it would be disastrous. So um, I think. If you're looking to invest into the market, you can take a long-term view on that and be confident that uh, those measures won't be withdrawn anytime soon. The only cloud on the horizon is, as I say, is there going to be a second wave? Um, uh, you know, is this virus going to mutate, as we're seeing very sadly in India at the moment? Um, and I think that's going to be the limiting factor on any, any progress 
for the markets and will probably limit it to around 7,000 over the summer months, in my view. So, I mean, with, with that that level of 7,000 proving to be a very stiff line of, of resistance for, for UK equities, I mean, looking at short-term tactics, I mean, if, if we start to see... Um, you know some of these results that are coming out from from companies. Of course, we've had a very strong start. Um, I mean, if as we go through um, you know the rest of the FTSE 100 and the earnings that, that they have and, and they release, if we see a bit of weakness there, I mean, is that something that you could see in the short term? Uh, people starting to take a bit of money off the table. Of course, there's the old adage, which I don't think actually has much statistic relevance over the last few years, um, sell in May and, and go away. That's just round the, the, the corner. I mean, could we see a bit of volatility in the short term and, and possibly a buying opportunity for anybody that's on the sidelines at the moment? Yeah, very much so. And I think, I mean, whether May will prove to be another sell in May and go away, it remains to be seen. It's it's certainly likely, but um, but it may be that if there if we emerge from lockdown in early May and the signs are good and there's no spike or marked increase in infections, then that enthusiasm could uh, could spill over into the markets, and we could see we could see further boosts for leisure and travel stocks on, on the back of you know in, in prospect for you know tra- travel and, um, and and big spending during the summer months but um so i yeah i think we're going to see some volatility and i think uh, you, you know um my view is as i said just now stimulus is here to stay that won't go away anytime soon so if you're if you're taking a medium term view on the market you can be quite confident in that regard because any change or any downturn in that would be disastrous at this stage so um so i think you you, you can take a view on that but certainly volatility will provide some opportunities and um, there could be some opportunities to come in the leisure and travel sector still. Indeed, indeed. So let, let's now move on actually to, to the first equity that we're going to discuss today, which is one that we've touched on previously uh, in Katanai Innovation. Now, they're working um, and having working with the government on this passporting system yep. uh, for, for COVID vaccinations. And I've just actually interestingly had a, had a notification pop up on my phone um, saying that the government are going to be using the existing NHS app for, for passporting. I mean, what, what sort of implication would that have for, for Kat and I, given the talks they were in with the government? Um, and I mean, if this isn't a goer for Kat and I in terms of uh, this passporting uh, for uh, the, the, the vaccine passports, are we now looking at a situation where we have to focus back on some of Katanai's other um, projects that they're working on? Yeah, that, that's a very good, a very good question, Jonathan. I mean, Katanai, of course, uh, we've currently got a market cap of just six and a half million um, shares are trading at two point five p as we speak, been as low as one point two p, and they've just brushed ten p in a year high uh, last year. And of course, that was all on the back of speculation with us, but. Uh, um, Kat and I, first and foremost, are they develop um, products uh, for the commercial, uh, for, for commerce and leisure um, using a, a, a blockchain system. And they, 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 the, the great thing, of course, with blockchain is we know through cryptocurrency and other other areas of the industry that um, it pr- creates this immutable record. So, um, so, so it's a very secure. Uh, system that that creates um, 
that, that creates uh, uh, these records, which, of course, um, are incredibly useful when it comes to uh, uh, registering people's status, um, both in terms of their, their, their situation um, uh, for going back to work, their status with COVID injections and, and so on. Um, so they have they have um, a, a number of applications in the in, in the leisure and commercial sectors. They provide um, a, 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 an on-site and a and a platform to for um, various football clubs that have used the, the platform for their for their communities and to to to, to register developments um, at the at, at that level. Um, uh, and of course, last year the shares really. Exploded into life on the back of the the fact that they've been they developed this COVID app, which uh, was um, was a, a generic multi document uh, uh, um, application that uh, that um, recorded an individual status in regard to their their COVID the injections they'd had um, and obviously uh, their, their, their their medical status. Um, the 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 company um, was slightly restructured at the beginning of last year. The, the new board came in. Uh, Brian Thompson, who owns twenty nine percent of the company, um, he's a, he's an entrepreneur up in the northeast of England, and of course Guy Meyer, who is uh, is CEO at the forefront of developing um, the 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 technology, is has been very high profile on news, both on Sky and the BBC recently, talking about the the application. Um, there's also uh, the the joint venture that uh, they Cat and I entered to develop this app is with um, is, is with Zedian and that's run by Professor Michael Manelli, who's uh, very highly regarded as an entrepreneur and a groundbreaker in this field. Um, he's worked with uh, uh, the likes of Kinetic, Dira. Um, and uh, the Global Financial Centers Index, um, and is an emeritus professor of commerce at Gresham College, um, very highly regarded in the space. So um, this year has been um, has uh, we've seen the company record several milestones. The company raised um, uh, one million in a placing at the start of the year, um, and um, it said at that point uh, the Cove idea was feeding results into the NHS. Test and trace, uh, um, test and trace scheme, um, and uh, was the 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 the, uh, the the app was being tested in a number of areas. Undertook a highly successful test with Newcastle Premier Health, um, and uh, as we've as we progressed through the year, um, the the uh, the uh, the app has won various awards. It was awarded the ISO two seven zero zero one award. Um, for um, uh, Cyber Essentials accreditation. But um, as we heard on February 22nd, it was invited by the UK uh, Department of Digital, Culture, Media and Sport to participate in digital ID policy development. Um, so, you know, aside from the NHS app, of course, there are a number of other applications um, uh, where, where Kat and I have been asked to advise. Um, simultaneously, they were invited by Public Health Scotland to do the same. Um, and uh, and also to transfer the COVID test results onto the onto the Public Health Scotland database. Um, so that was really the last major news from the company. We're waiting to hear the outcome of that. Um, and, and, but even though even though we've heard that uh, the NHS Trace and t- uh, Test app is the app of choice going forward, um, that doesn't mean to say that uh, uh, Cat and I won't be or haven't 
contributed to that in some way. So, um, so I think until we get a steer from Cat and I, um, obviously the the potential is, is very clearly there. Also, of course, the uh, with this COVID app, uh, there was a, a joint venture entered last year with Africa ID um, in the Southern Africa countries, covering some three hundred forty six million people, um, and this was uh, th- this app was. Uh, was set up to um, basically offer the same service there and that's still up and running and we are due an update on, update on that very shortly. So, you know, Kat and I is still, you know, very much on the ground for in regard to valuation um, uh, reflecting the, the work it's involved in. So I think any any uh, significant development uh, by the group in this area should, you know, should, should see the company start to return to the year highs that we saw last year. Yes, and, and and a story and a company that we'll watch with some fascination as this, uh, you know, headline grabbing story starts to develop um, with the NHS app and and the passports situation. I'm sure, Alan, that one that we'll touch on again when we hear more from Cat and I. So let's move on now to to a company which is particularly interesting because we've discussed in recent weeks Mast Energy Developments. Now this is a company that's operating. In a similar area, in that it's operating uh, reserve power um, to support uh, the grid here in the UK. But what's particularly interesting for this this company and uh, and a standout is that it is to some extent vertically integrated because it is operating mines whilst providing the the power plants. So it's, it's Corcel. Uh, Alan, what's been the latest updates from them? Well, this is an interesting company that I, I took a, a look at um, a few weeks ago, and um, and uh, they do have um, they, they do have a, quite a, a unique offering in the space. Um, so they, they ma- the company manages a portfolio of battery metal exploration projects um, and power generation um, assets. So, in other words, it 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 it's uh, it's a company that has has assets at every stage of of the cycle. Um, and this combination is very much on trend and in keeping with the UK government and the bigger macro picture for uh, moving towards decarbonisation and, of course, net zero. Um, so I'm just going to briefly summarise their mining assets. They have a, um, a nickel cobalt asset in um, in eastern Papua, New Guinea, and also southern Papua. Um, there, there are the, the there are. Uh, with the Manbari asset in um, Eastern Papua, it owns 41% uh, with battery metals, uh, PTY Limited. And there's um, there's estimated to be 162 million tonnes of nickel and um, and uh, 162 million tonnes, sorry, of ore, which contains 0.9% nickel and 0.9% of uh, cobalt. Um, so it's about one half million tonnes of nickel estimated. And also the Wobo Gap asset, which is, um, a different structure where there's a deposition with the developer there, um, uh, which could well lead to that being turned into in, into another asset. But we wait we wait news on that. The company also has a fifty percent stake in Dempster Vanadium in northern Yukon in Canada, um, and that's uh, one hundred ninety six mineral claims across vanadium rich uh, metalliferous black shale or BSV as it's known in the in the industry. And then we come to so those are the the metal assets, and we then come to the uh, the storage, the energy storage asset, and this is the Burwell project in Cambridge, which is a battery storage storage and solar 
project, which is set to um, set to uh, come online next year. Um, now, the Burwood project owns the last 100 megawatt connection at the local substation there. Um, and um, it has it has 100 megawatts uh, of power or will have 100 megawatts of power ready to go at any time to fill in this. What is we're seeing is we're seeing this changing picture in the UK for power supply. And um, obviously, with the advent of electric vehicles um, and, uh, and 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 uh, technology that requires electricity, we're seeing very different patterns in 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 power in, in 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 power being consumed across the UK. And where there are surges, that's where these reserve power companies like. Um, Mast Energy, for instance, are going to come online and supply power to to the grid, um, and they do so at a very high rate too. So it's a very lucrative area to be in. But what's interesting is that the Mast Energy, uh, um, the Mast Energy uh, IPO, um, uh, saw the company float, and the, the 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 share price is still well over where it came to market, giving it a market capitalization, I think, of about twenty five to thirty million. And we have Corsell with all these um, assets, the mining assets, and the the, the Burwell project, which it one hundred percent owns, trading on a market cap of seven point four million. Now, there's further to go in getting the Burwell project online, but the capacity for the Mast Energy assets um, are some nine nine megawatts, twenty megawatts within six months, and. Um, as the portfolio progresses, we expect it to um, it to be offering the grid um, some 300 megawatts of core power, of course, powered by uh, natural gas, um, which is great. But Burwell already has 100 megawatts there ready to go. So I think I think uh, when you look at the, uh, the the valuation of Mast um, versus the valuation of Core Cell, there is, to my mind, a huge valuation gap. Regardless, um, and I think Corsell has a very complete offering in that it's um, it actually has it, it actually has um, assets at every step of the way in this power cycle in this clean energy power cycle. So um, one that's really worth a look, and I think one that is still substantially undervalued at this point. Yes, Alan, certainly a very interesting company. Just having uh, a quick flick through here uh, prior to the podcast of the of, of the presentation, it looks as though they've got a number of exciting projects there, which um, should be interesting to investors. But and what why is this trading at just just seven million pounds market cap? Is it is it a case that invest? It's just a company that's flying underneath investors' radar, or or is this a company that yes, it's operating in these. These areas, which are obviously growth areas, but but really the, the operations and assets that they have um, aren't, aren't as strong as investors would actually like them to be. I think uh, quite simply, it's under the radar, and I think also uh, the perhaps its portfolio of assets wasn't fully understood by the market. And what Mast Energy has done, it's uh, focused um, it's focused the market on this reserve power. The, the opportunities in reserve power, which of course it's now set to take up, and um, and uh, it's kind of set a benchmark in terms of valuation, and just by that reckoning alone, I think um, I think investors are, certainly since since Mars came to market, if we you know if we look at the um, we look at the core sale share price, it has doubled in value since the thirtieth of March, um, but we're still just at that valuation of seven point four million versus. Mast Energy's valuation of um, twenty-five to thirty million. So, so I think uh, 
you know, Corso has these mining assets too, um, you know, w- w- which are key, and these will be the, 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 they'll be seeing further value coming from these during um, during the next few months. So I think we're going to see more focus on this company, and um, certainly as investors take a closer look, I think there's a lot of value on offer, and it's uh, it's one to sort of buy and tuck away at this level. Yes, yeah, and uh, what one that. I think we're going to be discussing again due to the, the the nature of their assets and, of course, the trends towards cleaner energy. Companies like this uh, that are able to produce uh, in- innovations and have exposure to it uh, are only going to become um, more in the spotlight um, for the for the markets. So it might be underneath the radar at the moment, but we'll see how long that lasts for. So. Alan, let's now move on to the the final stock that we're going to discuss today and one that I know we have touched on the podcast previously. Uh, Viserion, what's the latest from them? So again, um, you know, this is an innovative um, British engineering company um, that, of course, specialises in graphene, which is this wafer-thin material that has a multitude of applications. Um, and over the, uh, I, I think over the past ten years, Viserina has made a series of acquisitions in the space. So it's pulled all these companies together um, under uh, under under its corporate banner, um, undertaking these different activities. So first of all, we have Two D Technologies, um, which produces nanine, which is microlayered graphene, and polygreen, which is enhanced uh, polymers. Um, and uh, of course, the, this uh, the, the benchmark. Um, uh, step was taken last year when 2D Technology announced a collaboration to work with Rolls Royce to uh, to develop its technology for aerospace purposes. And of course, there was a significant endorsement of 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 the company. So that's 2D Tech. Then we have Cambridge Graphene, which produces graphene inks, um, 2D Technology, and gra- um, and, uh, and high high performance conductive inks. Um, Seroma, which is uh, a graphene which produces graphene-enhanced plastic products. Um, Total Carbide, which manufactures sintered tungsten carbide, wear-resistant parts, of course, for drill bits, aerospace and defense technologies, and then uh, a sales arm in the USA. Um, So we have uh, the the group running the company. Um, Of course, uh, we have James Stewart, who's a appointed uh, non-exec chairman, Formerly with with Henlo Partners, um, and we have uh, we have of course the uh, the new CTO, Dr. Stephen Hodge, um, appointed um, uh, uh, in January this year, um, and uh, Matt Walker was appointed head of international strategy with government relations um, uh, 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 late last year as well. So the steps the company have taken this year are significant in and of course uh, to say we've got neil ricketts who's uh, the chief executive there who's um, who's driven the company and helps pull these different assets together under the the Sarian brand so in uh, in uh, february this year the company announced uh, revenues of uh, 3.2 million um uh, down from uh, basically the, the revenues have been impacted by covid but um, a number of developments, uh, IP was acquired from Hanwha Aerospace in South Korea. Um, and um, in February, the company said that uh, the, a, a graphene mask, was be, which has been developed by 
Beijing Viserian Technology Company, which is its uh, Korean arm of the business, um, had received uh, the the highest standard of certification from uh, the, the Euro- from the European um, EN49 standard, which is for filtering and antiviral properties in its graphene mask. Um, and the most recent development on April, on April 9th was the Korean, Korean company Graphene Labs um, agreed to invest um, just under 2 million, 1.93 million, um, and entered an agreement with Viserion to jointly develop um, its, uh, its um, assets that it had acquired from uh, South Korea Hanway Aerospace um, uh, back in February. So uh, an awful lot of balls in the air. We're expecting news on the Rolls-Royce development. We're expecting uh, news on, on the this joint venture in Korea um, and, of course, uh, uh, um, developments on the graphene mask cells as we go forward. So a um, big year in prospect. And uh, um, the shares are currently trading 36p, um, close to year lows of 26p. Shares are trading as high as 80p. They hit that uh, at the start of the year. Um, and uh, and uh, giving the company a market cap of just over 70 million. So um, a big year in prospect for the company, and uh, we're expecting to hear more in the next next few months. So Adam, I'm just looking here at the latest uh, interims, which were for the actual the six months to uh, the 30th of September last year. So, of course, quite a long time ago. Now, um, group revenues reduced to 3.1 million yeah. From four point three in in the prior um, period. I mean, is this something that we're expecting? As we've seen from, from some of these companies, you know, WPP, Lloyd's, Persimmon, that we discussed in the FTSE one hundred, are we expecting a, a strong rebound in ongoing operations in terms of revenue from Viserion? this year yeah yes we are i mean the, the 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 company said at the time the revenues were impacted by covid um but um but uh, neil ricketts said in his comments uh um of course graphene sales had increased from seventy thousand for the previous period to three period to three hundred fifty thousand. ended that that uh interim period with cash of two and a half million at the bank um and uh, uh neil ricketts said that um the company expected to make significant pro, uh, commercial progress in 2021. So I think I think there are there is a, there is expectation that we're going to see um, uh, further progress in revenues, and of course with this joint venture and the investment from Graphene Labs, that's um, that's going to sort of add another dimension to to the the potential revenues the company's going to earn going forward. So yeah, I, I think there's this company's got uh, huge potential for progress and obviously graphene um you know has so many applications um, um and I, it, we, we've had nothing of course yet from the the 2d technology joint venture with rolls royce so that's going to be really exciting and i think when we have news on that that's going to that should really put a fire under the uh, under the share price fantastic and and news that i look forward to discussing on the podcast when it when it comes so uh, just a recap of the the companies that we've discussed today uh Katanai innovation that trades under the ticker of ctea uh Corsell trades under the ticker of crcl and just then was Viserion, which trades under the ticker of vrs alan thank you very much for being on the podcast today thanks jonathan Thank you.
We hope you enjoyed listening to the UK Investor Magazine podcast. Please do share the podcast and we really value any reviews and comments you leave us in your chosen podcast player. The views presented by the hosts and guests of the UK Investor Magazine podcast are in no way investment advice. And please remember, all investment involves risk.